to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 340 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? Glad to be back from that week hiatus. We got the lightweight division on fire now. Let's get this thing going, brother. 135 pounds is the gift that keeps on giving as we head into the holiday season. Um, Lomachenko, I tell you what, he pulled himself up to the fucking table and decided to play with his fucking Christmas dinner last night, didn't he? (laughs) Unbelievable, man. Jesus. But at least it wasn't as fucking boring and tedious and sleep-inducing as the performance that Dimitri Bivol put on this weekend, Vin. Oh, I'm glad I was at a work Christmas dinner and did not partake in that shit. (laughs) This will be the only thing I say about that fight. The lighting and the video board for the ring walk entrances was just it did not match what was going on in the ring. Like they had that set up for a different fight and B-Ball was like, oh, I like we use (laughs) because let me tell you what, man, that boy is melted vanilla ice cream. Uh, he, he is. He is just the most basic, do as little as possible. I mean, he's fundamentally so fucking sound, man, but he is like, no, no, I am not willing to take it that far uh, and sit down on punches. It, it's just, I, it, oh, Dimitri Bivol, let me know when you enter the realm of excitement and we will be there to watch. Um, it's a It's a dominated episode. By the 135-pound division, we're even going to talk about one of the bright prospects that's going to be in and around that weight here in the next couple of years. We're going to revisit the fights from the lightweight division that we missed while we had the week off last week. We're going to talk Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz, Tank Davis, Isaac Cruz, and then we'll get you back on the post-fight tip with a little uh, Nonito Donaire, uh, Connor Ben versus Chris Algieri, and we'll browse through a couple fights and get the fuck out of here because Vin and I... We playing heads up with fantasy playoff implications on the line starting here in about an hour and 10 minutes. We need to get this show over. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy loses. He done for the year, son. He done for the year. So why don't you fucking talk to that team and just take it easy today, huh? Rest some motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, man. So it's a packed episode here on 340 of the Boxing Ramp Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, Subscribe anywhere audio podcasts are available. The video version is available on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and theboxingrant.com. Stop by the website, get you some swag, uh, the freshest gear uh, available for the holiday season. Can't promise delivery times because I'm already getting stuff from our Patreon people being like, yo, where my shit at? And I'm like, "Uh, uh, supply chain, young, supply chain. (laughs) That's my excuse for everything these days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fucking drink too much, come home, <laughs> whiskey dick, supply chain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it works for everything. It works for everything. Yeah, so get you some swag um, and, uh, you know, give it to your favorite. Hey, should we even got shit for your dog, man. You looking for something fresh, a little scarf for, for a little peewee when he going around the neighborhood pooping in people's yards and shit. Get him something for Christmas. 
<laughs> some TBR swag. Somebody sends me a picture of their dog with some TBR shit on. I'm calling it quits, son. <laughs> Somebody's ordered it. So if you're listening out there, please send us a picture to the mailbag at theboxingrant.com. For real, I want to see that shit. That would be funny as hell. <laughs> oh, man. Um, follow us on social media at The Boxing Rant, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Ben, let's get down to action last night on ESPN from Madison Square Garden. It was Vasily Lomachenko versus Richard Comey. You know, Lomachenko's not taking it easy on himself as as he rises back to lightweight prominence after his loss to Tiafimo Lopez, going back-to-back two big lightweights in the ring, and, and Lomachenko really coming out of the gates, firing, um, getting started faster than usual, making his impression... His presence felt uh, immediately going back to the attacking style that that you know prior to the Teofimo Lopez fight had become his his signature you know but when you when when the sport gets to you um, you know the ego overwhelms the diva kicks in you know because uh, we know how boxers be they be going around absorbing divas every time they beat somebody they'd be like oh give me your diva give me your diva. <laughs> You know, and hey, and I'm not gonna lie, man. Lomachenko uh, became a bit of that, and to see him get back to that attacking style, um, I think that if anybody has any questions on whether or not that this guy is heading down the hill from his peak, I'm telling you right now, I know Richard Comey isn't the most agile fighter in the world, but Vasily Lomachenko's legs are not dead yet, and until Lomachenko's legs go he will still be the best lightweight in the world, in my opinion. Now, everything is setting itself up coming into 2022 for all these opportunities. Everybody's making their case right now. Everybody just fought right now. But I'll tell you what, the performance that Vasily Lomachenko put on last night, even though he was playing with his holiday dinner, there's no doubt about it, um, because he was talking that shit, and then he didn't end up finishing it. But he kept his foot on the gas the entire fight. Uh, he thoroughly dominated Richard Comey, sent a message to the lightweight division. Uh, with the recent events, Tiafimo, George Cambosis, I have a hard time saying that anybody else in the 135-pound division is the king besides um, Mr. High Tech himself, Vasily Lomachenko. Dude, it was slicing, dicing in the man's legs. He is still the best athlete at 135 pounds. I, I, look, I'll say this. It was a, you know, wasn't a, oh, I wouldn't say a vintage Loma performance. It was a good, it was a good performance. He does, he did what Loma does in the ring and, and he sliced and diced Comey and he did about what I expected to do. But I'm telling you, man, that was one of the most confusing performances for me watching him because I did, I it did in spots notice slippage. Uh, he did not, he was not letting his hands go enough for me at times where he would spin in front of a target that was seemingly there to be hit. And it, it, it looked like he was hesitant on the trigger and I'm let it go, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the TV, like, what are you, what are you doing? Let the left hand go. And the, you know, when you dropped him, well, I think it was the seventh round when he dropped him bad, had him hurt really bad. Look to their corner saying, throw in the towel. Like, do you want to stop this? I get it. All right, you know, if you're shit talking or whatever. But to me, it didn't seem like he was shit talking. To me, it seemed like he wanted him to throw in the towel because what do you want me to keep beating this guy's ass more? I, look, you knocked the guy down once. 
He's hurt badly, clearly stumbles back into the ropes after he gets up. And instead of going after it, he continues to point to the corner and talk. I can't get down with that shit, man. That shit drove me nuts. Finish the fucking fight, dude. It was there to be finished. Not only did you not finish it in that spot, but it dragged on for an entire five more rounds. And, you know, the foot may have been on the gas pedal, but that gas pedal was not on the floor at any point in that fight. There was a lack of killer instinct that, to me, means something when I'm watching that. Vasily Lomachenko was going to be 34 years old. I noticed him not on the trigger like he used to be. He's not throwing as many punches as he used to throw. He's still... He, he, he threw 600 punches. How, how many is he supposed to throw? Well, look, he's still... Don't get me wrong. He's still elite, an elite fighter, you know. But that, what he did from the seventh round on in that fight, to me, I, I, can't, I just cannot get down with that shit, man. You had him finished. Finish the fucking job. And, and I don't know if there's some type of, like, were you, like, showing compassion towards Comey because you kind of like him as a fighter? I don't know what it was. All I know is I was disturbed from the seventh round on and just asking myself, you know, if you are Vasily Lomachenko and you are the man, and I'm with you uh, right now, I don't know how you've watched any of these other lightweights fight and then watch Loma fight and say he's not going to be the favorite against all of them. He will be the betting favorite against every single other lightweight right now in the division. You may think he's going to lose the tank or, or whoever or Haney, that's your opinion. The odds will be in Lomachenko's favor against all of those guys. My concern for Lomachenko is that he's lost a little bit of his edge and he's getting older, and that is disturbing to me. I, you know, not performance-wise, I'm not going to sit here and hate on the performance. It was great. He looked great. His legs are still there. They're not quite what they used to be, but they're still there better than anybody in that division right now so i still would say hey loma right now is the man for me but i'm noticing things that eh, they're 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 making me nervous and i the first fight i noticed it at was the campbell fight and i've each fight just it's not much it's not much it's just a little bit there's a vulnerability there he got hit by comey not a ton but he got hit by comey in that fight you know harder puncher more accurate puncher getting hit more. Mm, I, I, I don't know. I think the gap is closed somewhat, and I, I, I still think he's better than all of them and will be the favorite. But the gap is not what it used to be, and the longer it goes, that gap is going to close even more. So, look, Loma's got a couple years left before these boys do surpass him. So if you're going to get these fights, you better get them now because 34 at 135 pounds, you are not a young man. I 100% agree with your assessment of his performance. Like, I don't disagree with any of that. But I think that the slippage that I saw from him that I recognize at the same point as you did, but, you, you know, it, <laughs> it to me, the way that he rebounded in his sort of lackadaisical first half of his performance against Tiafimo Lopez, right? That was the bottom. That's where... That slippage to me hit the bottom. The way that he's fought since against Nakatani and against Comey, 
like just because he didn't hit Comey with a one hitter quitter like Tiafimo Lopez did. Yeah, Lomachenko carried him, and I and I think that he deserves all the criticism for carrying him that you just gave him. I mean, he he can't be immune to that. But I also think then that you're doing what you accuse everybody of when it comes to Lomachenko. You're holding him to a different level and a different standard because the things that we are criticizing Lomachenko about, like he's lost his edge, dude, he fights with more edge than anybody in the lightweight division combined. These guys don't fight with edge. They don't fight with the attacking aggressiveness of Lomachenko. Lomachenko is a killer in there. And yeah, maybe he showed the same kind of slippage that ended up catching up with Manny Pacquiao. When Manny Pacquiao started feeling bad for his opponents, when he was beating the shit out of them, guess what happened? He became a more passive opponent. He could have, dude, he could have sent Chris Algieri to fucking hell on a shutter, you know? And he didn't. He laid back on him. He laid back on him. He couldn't finish him, you know? I'm not saying it's the same thing. You know, I think it's more arrogance and ego than anything. Um... I think it's okay, though, for, uh, you know, since everybody puts Lomachenko in the category of a white fighter, I think it's okay for a white fighter to fucking have some swag. <laughs> I, I get, <laughs> you know what like, I mean? I, I get the swag, and I understand that, but you want to talk that shit, son. Finish the fucking job. And, and I, you know, I don't want to seem like I'm holding him to a higher standard because I'm going to talk about these other lightweights, and you're going to hear the same fucking thing because what the way people gassed up those two performances – and then want to watch last night and say, oh, 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 I don't know. Uh, I, what I'm seeing here, I, Loma's not the best at lightweight. It's like you're, you are being completely dishonest about what you're watching on the screen. If that's what you come away with from, from watching Lomachenko last night. You know, Look, until, until one of these guys okay, shows more killer instinct than Vasily Lomachenko, this is going to go on until Lomachenko's legs give out. Uh, you know, like, I don't want to be so like, well, that's, a, that's, just, that's the way it's going to fucking be. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but I'm sorry, dude. Like, even though the lightweight division is the gift that keeps on giving, right? It's giving us painted fingernails and fucking Instagram uh, accounts with fucking filters that, apply eyeshadow and you know princess rye and like what the fuck is going on right now right like there is i watch you know i i I guess we'll just get into this conversation right like i watched devin haney fight and jojo diaz looks so small in the ring and then I just like harken back to when Jojo Diaz was coming up on those golden boy cards and thinking about how small he was, right? And how, you know, stature wise, anyways, Devin Haney's a big lightweight. And that to see the lack of power in that fight, and we talked about it a little bit here and there, but I've never seen a line on an over-under in a fight where the over is 10 and a half and the fucking odds are minus 340. Yeah. 340. I, minus 340 tells you that these are the two most pillow-fisted combatants in the history of high-level boxing. I've never, I've never seen that before in my entire life. Yep. I watched Devin Haney fight, okay? Yeah, he's a stylist. And 
he's very smooth and natural at what he does well. Lomachenko can fucking crack. And if there's slippage or not, if there's anything that 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 people should take away from Nakatani and Richard Comey is that he can fucking crack. And those two big lightweights can crack. And Devin Haney cannot crack an egg. Like, I, I have been waiting two weeks to give you my updated assessment of Devin Haney's career. <laughs> I said so many times over the last three years how I felt that Devin Haney was going to be a pound-for-pound pound fighter one day. You know, before all of this email belting and all that bullshit, when he was a prospect coming up, when he broke onto the scene, you know, we were seeing something talent-wise, and the one thing that gets masked more than anything on, on a fighter's rise is their power. And to see a big lightweight like that not being able to punch his way out of a wet paper bag, he's not good enough. You know, that elite skill needs a little bit of power. He, he's not that good. He's not Floyd Mayweather. So, you know, I thought that there was going to be some some fucking substance that comes behind that. Um, no, he, he's not. Devin Haney is on the same level as Tank Davis to me. Until these guys are fighting fucking adults, you know what I mean? Like guys that are either the same size, okay? Um, or in Tank Davis's case, I don't know, maybe even in the same league, right? Instead of fighting Isaac Cruz. Isaac Cruz gave this guy fucking a, a little mini war. I mean, he could have let his hands go and stop following Tank around so much, but... He was there the entire time. I'm sitting here. I'm like, what? What did we watch last week? Was that fucking like? Was that like little? Was that like like silver gloves competition? Like, what the fuck are we watching with these guys? My, look, I'm telling you right now. I said Devin Haney was a pound for pound guy, and I saw that ESPN just put Tank Davis on their pound for pound list. <laughs> okay, look. Are you fucking? Let me, me? I, I, look. Wait I, a second. I, You're kidding me. I, look. I, is that this morning no, update? I know ESPN is bereft of 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 fucking boxing minds anymore. Um, you know, they they got rid of them and went for fucking, you know, oh. uh, narrative people. Yeah. I do I, I I can't wrap my head around it. I I'm just telling you right now, Devin Haney does not have the power at 135, 140, 147 to ever be the guy in any of those divisions. It'll never happen. He will never become the undisputed champion in any of the weight classes he exists in. He will inevitably become uh, Black Danny Garcia. I'd, I'd say that that's probably the long game here. You're going to see the best of it up front. He's going to try to take as many cheapies and freebies. We we see that that's what he's about. He's more about accolades and trophy cases uh, than he is substance. Look, beating Jojo Diaz, and I said that this was going to be a 50-50 fight, it's a big win, Vin. It's, it is. It's a big win. But dude, man, I'm sorry, dude. There's a couple guys at 135 that can crack a little bit. Guess what? Cambosis punches five times as hard as Devin Haney, and he ain't too bad a boxer himself, dude. Uh, fucking uh, put Haney below Tiafimo, dude. I'm sorry. I put him below Tiafimo. Even Tiafimo coming off. I would take Tiafimo 10 ways to Sunday against that pillow-fisted guy. Guy's a fucking wet blanket, Vin. <laughs> Look, I'm going to get to Haney because you're blowing my mind with that Tank Davis 
is on ESPN's pound for pound list. I want to explain to people how stupid the fucking logic is to move him onto a fucking pound for pound list after that fight. That look offensively, offensively speaking from tank Davis in that fight, that was one of his more blah performances we've seen in the last three or four fights. Not only that, the guy he's fighting literally looks like a midget in the ring with tank Davis. Who's who's small, who's very small. Tank wins the fight. I'm not going to argue that he won. It was a close fight, um, 7-5, maybe 8-4 Tank if you're being generous, okay? Everybody wants to come out of that fight talking about how great fucking Tank's defense is. He lost four or five rounds to a guy that's barely ranked in the top 10 at lightweight, and you bounce him on to a fucking pound-for-pound list? Look, these guys, I don't... Like, you can say, you can have the opinion and say you think Tank Davis is the best lightweight in the world right now and he beats everybody. That's fine. It is a fucking opinion. There is literally not a fucking grain, an ounce, no substance behind that, no facts, no anything that you can back that up with other than you think. That's it. And I, you, how do you put a guy onto a fucking pound-for-pound pound list. I, I'm a Tank Davis guy, Ken. That fucking blows my mind. I watched that fight and went, I'm cutting, you know, the one thing I took away from that fight, if anything, was, okay, Tank showed me a little bit. His legs can go for 12 rounds. He was on the move, constantly avoiding Isaac Cruz's pressure throughout that fight. But guess what? He also got clipped a lot by big shots from a guy that cannot punch maybe worse than Devin Haney. So what happens? What happens when a Vasily Lomachenko left hand lands eight times over the course of three rounds? You know, what happens when an educated pressure fighter educated pressure fighter, not Isaac Cruz run at you and throw looping shots, Vasily Lomachenko pressure. What does that do? F from watching both of those fights and coming away, like people coming away more confident that Tank wins, I don't care. I saw Lomachenko slippage. I agree with anybody who says that. I see it. The beginnings of it, it's there. I don't give a shit. That, the gap may have closed a little bit, but guess what? There's still a gap, and you are ignoring that gap. If you come away more confident, like literally saying more confidently that you think Tank and Devin Haney can beat Lomachenko, do we forget what we saw? Look, I'll echo the same thing with Devin Haney that you said. The kid can box. He can box. What else can he do? Is there any more layers to this? If you can just box and you can't punch and you clearly have a suspect chin, Okay, Jojo Diaz didn't hurt him badly in that fight, but I saw them eyes glaze over when that left-handed land land and they landed at will in a couple rounds. He landed three or four big ones in a row against a better fighter. Things will be a hell of a lot different. So don't tell me I'm positive. I'm sure there's not, dude, it's it's up in the air. And all I can tell you motherfuckers is this. Lomachenko 
should be and will be the favorite against both of those guys in a fight moving forward. That is not a debate. All right. There is no fucking debate there. You can debate it amongst yourself if you'd like to, but it, it it's just not reality folks. And it, you're, you're choosing to ignore way too much. If you come away from these past two weeks saying Lomachenko's done, he's old man. He's done at lightweight. Ken. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. Let the, the new wave is here. They were so dominant two weeks ago. Huh. I don't know how anybody could say Lomachenko's going to be a unified champion again. I, dude, it blows my mind. And that fucking pound for pound list thing, you might have just ruined my fucking day. <laughs> I, I shouldn't. Well, I, I, hope you're, I, I hope you hit your bets today in the NFL. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I, what the fuck you do? Pound for pound list? The guy has never. That's it. I, move on. Move on. <laughs> Well, folks, I guess that's the end of the Boxing Rant podcast. (laughs) There it is. Then walks off stage. You know what's hilarious, dude? We're not even talking about the lightweight champion of the world. (laughs) Yeah. George Cambosis has had no part in this conversation. And guess what? After what I've seen from everybody, let's bring him into the conversation. I would rank the lightweights out of respect to Cambosis' achievement and his performance against Tiafimo Lopez, who beat Vasily Lomachenko. Cambosis is one, mm-hmm. okay? And Lomachenko is two. Yes. And I think that that's just not an honorary thing and a matchup thing, you know, that Cambosis was able to exploit, you know, a one-off, a cheapie, whatever you want to call it. I think that that was George Cambosis' arrival. I think that the way that George Cambosis handled the responsibility of becoming a some view an undisputed lightweight champion dude he made all the rounds he introduced himself to america like he in in literally one week after after winning those belts achieved more in the steps that him and his team took to promote him than any of these diva ass fighters have maybe minus ryan garcia because he's he's appealing to a different crowd right let's be honest let's be honest right um, but you know, Cambosis took it into his own hands and went out and introduced himself to the world. I mean, the guy is going to be seen by five million people just by being on Rogan's podcast before he gets on his plane back to Australia. You know, so big up to him. He deserves to be in the top spot. And then Lomachenko. I think that those two now separated themselves from the rest of the lightweights in the sense of having a combination and a style. Right, I mean, uh, Lomachenko is a little bit more aggressive than Cambosis, but these both guys can box. Let's be clear about that, and both guys can crack, and that's a problem at lightweight right now because not everybody can crack. No, <laughs> and not everybody's and not everybody's big enough to be there, and that's and that's what I think. I don't think Tank's problem is going to be size and strength, even though he is going to be much smaller against the top level lightweights in the world. We know that no matter what. He's going to be the smaller guy in the ring, but it won't be size and strength. It's going to be that his power doesn't carry up. I'm telling you, when he hits a guy, a big guy, like a, like a, you know, any of these guys are five, eight, five, nine, a good four or five inches taller than him and equally, if not stronger, it's going to be a problem for him that he's going to have to overcome. I think he showed some boxing ability in that Isaac Cruz fight, mm-hmm. uh, that if he can hone that and if he can stay in shape, 
And if he can stay sort of harnessing harnessing that craft, he's going to have to do something. He's not going to be able to just rely on, you know, one power shot. We saw it last night with, uh, you know, Lomachenko against Comey. The best damage that he did against Comey was when, you know, he doubled and tripled up upstairs, downstairs to the body, you know, swiping the body shot, then piecing him up upstairs, the combination punching. It was, it was really, really high end. And that's where I think that Lomachenko and, and Cambosis sort of separate themselves overall is just that ability, you know, the ability to crack, the ability to box, um, and the aggressive nature. There's not a, it's, it's not so much about, okay, well, this is what I do. So hopefully I can out trick you or outwit you with this. There's a little bit more of a, hey, there's just experience on those guys' side, right? Is that what we're really talking about here? I mean, uh, <laughs> look, I would just say, I would say this like, you can, like, what I see from Tank Davis. I'm like, okay, I think what he possesses as a fighter allows him to to be operating in that same conversation with Lomachenko and with Cambosis. But guess what? There's nothing there to say for sure that he can because he hasn't. He has not done that on that level yet. I know he's selling tickets. I know he's on pay-per-view, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about any of that peripheral nonsense this is just in ring i don't care if tanks the a side against all of these guys that doesn't matter that's a different completely different conversation for the retard realms of twitter all right i don't care about that specifically speaking from a boxing perspective here sure he could be there i'd I'd like to see him prove it against somebody anybody you know you can't land that fucking Hail, it wasn't a Hail Mary. I, I won't say that. But that fucking uppercut you landed against Leo Santa Cruz, that's not there in every fight. You don't just land that punch like, hey, I can break that out of the bag whenever I want and knock anybody out. No, that's not how this fucking works. And it's been proven in other fights where Tank hasn't been able to stop guys. For Christ's sake, people, Yuri Orcus Gamboa with a partially torn Achilles. It took till the waning minutes of the fight for a mercy stoppage. Not a, not a like, oh, Tank's beating the shit out of him. It was like, all right, this guy's got nothing uh, enough. This is enough of this. So, you know, I just, you got it. Like, everybody needs to pay attention. Take your fucking, your biases for fighters out of it. Just go on what you're watching, what you see. It's all there right in front of you. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to lie about shit. It's going to what needs to happen is we don't know who really the best lightweight of this generation is. Like Lomachenko said in an interview pre-fight last night, they all have to fight. They all have to fight. I would agree with you 100%. Cambosis, Loma, Tank, Haney, then the rest. I don't care that Haney holds a belt. That doesn't matter to me. What I've seen from Haney against the opponents he's fought, he is below those three guys, and it just is what it is. But you know, argue all you want about it. We've seen it. There's, there's, there's. It's not really an argument to be had there. Tank's better than him. Loma's done more than him. Cambosis beat the guy who was the guy, so you got to give him the top spot. That, that's where we stand right now. There is a ton of like next year, going into 2022 and 2023. The lightweight division could be the division that carries the sport of boxing because there's other young fighters in that division too. There is talent galore and matchups that can be made that are all elite 
level, high, you know, pay-per-view quality, the biggest fights you can make in boxing right now. But they got to be made because the answers the answer is is not there yet. Okay? We can talk about it, but we need to figure out from these guys getting in the fucking ring and fighting, especially Tank and Devin. Those guys got work to do to enter that, to fully enter the conversation with these guys and be pound for pound like that, that man, ESPN, get a fucking grip, man. Get a fucking yeah, grip. But they love that fucking, you know, that Jake Paul world. And, 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 you know, I don't want to like tanks, a legit fighter, right? He's a legit world-class fighter. I'm not, I'm not clowning yeah. him in that respect, but he has a foot in the Jake Paul world because he's in the Floyd Mayweather world and that's where it all came from, right? So there is the showmanship aspect of this, but there is a point where it's going to be piss or get off the pot because you're going to... Look, the PBC can feed you the Isaac Cruises of the world. You can exist over there if you want to. We've seen fighters like Adonis Stevenson, Gary Russell Jr. go and carve out a, a really sweet fucking hiding spot in the PBC. Uh, that's what they did. And there are sanctioning bodies. I'm surprised that that Floyd hadn't hit up Mauricio and been like, hey, young, <laughs> let me get that WBC bell. We trying to sit on that shit for like eight years, young. <laughs> you know, if that's the route they want to go. What does Tank Davis want? <laughs> you know, does he want to be great or does he just want to stack that, you know, stack that cash and do what Floyd say? Uh, that will definitely play a part in it. They'll move them when they're ready to, you know, if they're going to stick to the playbook literally word for word then you're not going to see him against any of these big names um until they're compromised and Lomachenko's not at that point yet but I will say this and I think you've said it numerous times the fight at 135 pounds to make is Lomachenko versus Davis yes. because you just had one guy doing numbers at the Staples Center one guy doing numbers at Madison Square Garden and they're the only two that are doing numbers on both coasts, right? You know what I'm saying? These two guys meet in Las Vegas. It is a massive... Ma you have that motherfucker in T-Mobile. They'll sell out 23000 easily for that fight. It's one of the, big, that one of the biggest fights in boxing. Fight. Yeah, it's one, it's one of the three biggest fights in boxing. Is Floyd willing... It, or does he... Does he? Would he be willing to, to sacrifice the gravy train with Tank? Is the gravy train lucrative enough coming off of a fight that has been uh, reported to have done under 100,000 pay-per-view buys. That's negative clout. You get negative clout. You got you to gotta go put... But the digital all... buys, Ken. The digital buys. Nah, young. Digital. Digital these nuts, all right? Dude, going up against the NFL, I'm sorry, man. Like, I got to work on Monday morning. Uh, the NFL is free. Yes. There was a 0% chance... That I was buying that. I waited until the replay last night to watch it. It was perfect that we took the week off because <laughs> the tank fight was on before the fucking Nonito fight. You know what I'm saying? So, look, man, I, I just think that that fight, they would be risking a little bit because, you know, their game plan is fucking protect the O and fucking, you know, being able to just play their playbook out to the fullest for tank if that's what they're doing. But if they really want to make money with this guy and they really want their best shot to do it. I think physically, you know, I think Tank can beat beat anybody at lightweight. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has a chance to beat anybody, but physically, I think the fight with Lomachenko is the most interesting. It's the best matchup, yeah. personally, I think, that would give you the most explosive result. I think somebody gets stopped in that fight.
Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'll sit here and tell you, you know, I, I said what I said about Loma. I said what I said about Tank, and I think Loma's rated above him right now. There's no, I have zero confidence in picking anyone in that fight. Zero confidence. All right. Say what, say what you want. Tank is, is still improving at 27 and getting better. And literally right now, you know, in the midst of his prime, like right in the beginnings of it. So, you know, I only ex- expect improvement there. I don't really expect mm-hmm. any more improvement out of Lomachenko at 34. So, you know, the longer they wait, the better their odds get. I would love to see it next year. I think it takes one more year, though. I think it's a 2023 fight if it happens. No, they're not going to fight him right now. There's no way. There's no... there. That would literally... I, I just think Lomachenko fucking wins the fight right now. Yeah. I, I think that that's not a fight that they want. Because remember, even though he's closer to his size... We've seen what Lomachenko does to smaller fighters. Yeah, if I if I had to pick, pretty. I'd pick I'd pick Loma to win, but I just wouldn't have as yeah. very much confidence in that pick. Yeah, I mean, look, you see the slippage more than I do. Um, let's be honest, man. I smoke better weed than you do, so I, you know, I, I, it's it's a little bit cloudy for me sometimes. Okay? I got a built, <laughs> I got a built-in escape plan. All right, <laughs> and look, man, uh, you know. George Cambosis is kind of getting disrespected in this conversation, and, and I don't want to do that to the man because he looked. Silence is violence, man. <laughs> I just I want to make sure he gets a shot because if I want to say one thing about that dude, and you talked about him making his fucking rounds and shit, and he's working that uh-huh. DAZN show, uh, doing doing commentary and shit, and he cop he pops on the screen, and I'm like, is that motherfucking the informer? Is that Snow? I'm like, that motherfucker got some licky boom boom down energy going on right now. You see that shot? I was like, this motherfucker, dude, he looked exactly like, you remember that fucking song? I licky boom boom down. <laughs> yeah. That's all I, That's all that was going through my head when I'm seeing that motherfucker that night at the zone. But dude, he killed it. He killed it from a, from a media perspective after that fight. And people fucking, I, honestly... I think people know who the guy is now. Like nobody know who he who he was coming into that fight. Yeah, and now he's a, he's a name in the states. You know, he's a great fucking interview. He's interesting to listen to. I've seen a lot of fighters on Joe Rogan. Some of them are just like after thirty minutes, you're like, all right, you got I mean, Joe's like, uh. yeah, he's trying to like force information out of him. At least Cambosis gives you something. Yeah. So yeah, he's a, he's a fucking star in the making. If he can put together another performance like that, I think he can he can dance with any of these boys too. It's just I can't remember. It's been a long time, anyways, since Manny was that lightweight. You know, back in the in the mid two thousands when the lightweight division with Morales and Barrera and and all those guys like we're we're starting to enter that era of lightweight boxing again. And it's just it's fucking exciting, dude. It's to me right now. It's the most exciting division in boxing. I don't think there's, you know, welterweight's got if the if the young guys come up, there's there's some juice there too. But right now in boxing, one thirty five is where it's at for me. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's definitely carried our show through the pandemic. We've talked more about the lightweights than even the heavyweights. Yeah, so it uh, may not move the needle as much, but uh, they're definitely coming into it and. Once these guys begin to fight, and I think at the end of the day, this is the thing that keeps them from fighting. 
I think there's a few of them in the lightweight division right now that know in their in their heads somebody's going to get exposed, right? One of these guys, maybe even two of them, maybe even three of them. <laughs> I mean, the more that the the more that these guys fight, and even these incremental step ups. Okay, now we're on the world stage, right? We're starting to see everybody's kryptonite, everybody's weaknesses. They're not just like the you know the polished prospect, you know. Like we see the chinks in the armor now, and I think they all know the reckoning will come in the ring. And as the Macho Man said, the cream will rise to the top. I hope that 2022 brings us at least one or two. <laughs> I know that sounds like a really, like, Ken, why don't you ask for more? You're just asking for one or two matchups. This is boxing. <laughs> right. I don't have time. I don't have the time to explain to you why one or two would be a lot. <laughs> But I would take one or two of the matchups at the top. We know that Lomachenko is going for the big fights, and I have a feeling that we are going to get. I just have this feeling that White Boy Summer Part 2 is going to kick off with a Lomachenko versus Cambosis um, fight. I think that's going to be the first one we see. It's going to that it's going to be interesting to see how that Cambosis, uh, whoever gets Cambosis, plays out, whether sanctioning bodies come into play and forcing, maybe a belt gets dropped. Who shows up with the biggest bag? Because Eddie's going to want that for Devin. You know, uh, top rank's going to do what they can to get Lomachenko them belts back. I know Team Tank sees that they're going to try to seize this fucking moment while Cambosis has those belts. They may think this is the time to go for it. So there's going to be a lot of money thrown around here. And it's going to be, uh, look, the next two or three months, we're going to find out. Uh, Who's getting that bag? Because I guarantee you by, I'll say by February, March, you're going to hear who Cambosis is fighting next. And that's because it's going to be interesting to watch all that shit play out. Wouldn't it be absolutely hilarious if we're doing a show like three, four years from now? I think it'd be funny if we're doing a show three or four years I hope, from now. I hope not. <laughs> and and Cambosis ended up fucking taking them all out, just wiping them out, like doing the, doing the fucking Thanos snap, just boom. <laughs> Dude, he looked fucking outstanding. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I know. I know. Um, well, it'll be the lightweight division that carries us into next year. Um, you know, the heavyweight division last night. Dude, let me tell you something, man. Tyson Fury, I think he's back on the yak. My boy's jaw was fucking jacking at these weird-ass angles last night. And he was like, every time they'd ask him about Usyk, he'd like twitch. Like, that was the first time... I that's the first time in my life I've ever seen Tyson Fury in an interview. And when he's asked about a particular fighter before Usyk beat Anthony Joshua and won those three belts, he would just dismiss him. Say, who's that? Right, that's, a, that's a cruiserweight. That's a cruiserweight. Now that he's the guy that everybody wants to see Tyson Fury fight. Last night, he was like tripping over his own fucking toes. He's like, uh, no, let's see him fight Anthony Joshua in a rematch first. So, do you want to fight him next or not? Uh, it wasn't his, like, he, he didn't have an answer, like, right off the cuff. Like, he has a fucking answer or a witty comment for everything else. I'm, I think, I know, you know, because I'd be knowing this Usyk shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but I don't think Tyson Fury believes that he can beat the 
the young, small cruiserweight. Let's say you, Vin, I'm, or was he just in, or was the yak kicking his ass last night? We've been around it enough in our lifetime. Yeah. You know, uh, on it enough. <laughs> Look, what I notice from Tyson Fury is I think that in his mind, what I see anyways, in my, you know, all knowing powers, I, I see a fucking guy that just, that knows that, the, the train is running out of track. I think his career, is, his days are numbered. I honestly think that. I know he's coming off a great performance, stopping Wilder, all that. I get it. He's 32, 33 now, going to be 33 very soon. He doesn't take care of himself. He's had issues. Once he loses that little bit of athletic ability or slips a little bit, yeah, going into a fight against Alexander Usyk, I don't know. Uh, I used to think the size would be too much. You ask me who I'm picking to win that fight now. I'm back in the Ukrainian, Ken. I'm back in the Ukrainian all day. And he's he's just built different in here. In here. Tyson Fury can say what he wants about being a fighting man. I'm a fighting man. I'm a gypsy king. Nah. Usyk built different, boy. He is built. He's built for war. And, and I just think he's all wrong for Tyson Fury. I... I I I've, I know I've done a 180 on that, and it's not from just watching Tyson Fury last night. This is over the course of like five or six months, seeing those two performances, thinking about where these guys are in their career. And I know Usyk's older than him, but let's be honest. Uh, one of them takes care of themselves physically. The other one has muffin sludge pouring out of the top of their trunks, correct? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got lots of muffin sludge. <laughs> So, and you yeah. know, I love me some muffin sludge too, because I have some of my day. I'll be going in there. That's right. I can see it. You know, mm -hmm. I got it, but, mm -hmm. but then I ain't, I ain't the heavyweight champion of the fucking world either. <laughs> nah, nah. My nips can point straight to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> uh, I can get, you know, like my muffin sludge on my side, boob ain't going to, ain't going to cost me the heavyweight title. Nah, you know, nah. ain't gonna it ain't going to cost me my job. <laughs> <laughs> People will just be like, hey, hey, fat guy. Hey, can you come over here and help? Hey, you, you portly gentleman there. <laughs> can you please wear a onesie so we stop looking down your ass crack every time <laughs> you bend over, you fat, useless fuck. <laughs> okay. That never happened before. Um, okay. So, yeah, man, I don't know, dude. The heavyweight division, we got uh, uh, Parker Chisora, too, this weekend, the fight everybody needed to see run back. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how Parker was able to get his name ahead of fucking Ward Chisora on the billing. <laughs> on the billing. The only man that has been an A-side more times than the 10 losses that he has on his record. Derek Chisora. I don't really care about this fight. If Joseph Parker doesn't go out and finish the charade that is Derek Chisora once and for all, then he's still a guy that can't put his foot on the gas. He's still a guy that pussyfoots in the ring, mm -hmm. and he's still a guy that can't utilize his advantages. If there, if if Joseph if Joseph Parker were a more aggressive fighter, if he had the killer instinct, if he had some dog, if he had a little edge to his fighting game, he could be one of the most dominant heavyweights on the planet because he has the size, he has the boxing acumen, and he has the hand speed. He just doesn't have the killer instinct, man. And that's why a fight with a guy in Derek Chisora that is not on Parker's level at all, it becomes an even fight 
because Chisora possesses all the dog that Joseph Parker does not have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it all dep- here's all this fight depends on. When is Derek Chisora going to be blowing out of his ass? Is it going to be the fourth round or the sixth round? Because the guy has no gas tank whatsoever anymore. And the fact that oh. Parker did not got himself into a rematch with Chisora, I, look, I'm about done with Joseph Parker and, and him being in the conversation. You know, he, you might as well, like, okay, you beat Derek Chisora. Now you are the new Derek Chisora of heavyweight boxing, <laughs> except you don't punch. You don't, you don't go for it. You don't make exciting fights. You're just there. I, the, I've never Here's seen a guy that he, he's just disinterested. He, he just seems like, well, I get paid to box. So I'm here to box tonight. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I'll probably win, but you know, I'll just try to do enough to barely win. I don't want to hurt the guy either. I kind of like Derek, me and Derek are friends. Yeah. We're going to share a burger after the, after the uh, fight, Ken, it's going to be great. You know, I don't want to hurt the guy. Let's just get to the, get to 12 rounds. Nobody gets hurt. Get our paychecks and get out of here. That that's that's what I get from Joseph Parker. It's, it's fuck. Let's go to Burger King and whoppers on me. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I don't care anymore. I just don't get this. Like, make a statement. Stop Jazor in the first eight rounds, please. Yeah, announce yeah. yourself to, as a as a return to the top five at heavyweight. I don't think that's going to happen. I, don't I think either. it's going to be a sloppy, tedious fight, and somebody will love it. Um, there's a lot of fights this weekend. Then Artur Baturbiev returns against Marcus Brown. That might be the best matchup besides Chisora Parker. Um, I kind of, I guess it's kind of on the same level. I guess it's good that Baturbiev's coming back after what Dmitry Bivol did yesterday because I, I don't think I've ever witnessed a more, it just, it was, it was like a, it's like everybody smoked a fucking like a like an Afghani land race indica strain for the first time. They never smoked before. And then they got in the ring and boxed, you know? And it was like they were just going through the motions. I mean, you want to talk about fucking wet blankets. I, I dude, I sent out a, a tweet yesterday. I've never before in my life wanted a prime crusher to come back and inject something in to this 175-pound division. Because I'm telling you right now, not a 2014 crusher that beat Bernard Hopkins, that crusher, that crusher beats Bivol and the fucking Amish guy he was fighting within three inside the same ring. <laughs> you know, Yeah, dude. I- I'm telling you right now, there was not an ounce of aggression or... Like, you're like, oh, Ken, you see that one guy, the Amish guy's face was all fucking busted up and shit? Yes, but I see that at a West Virginia Tough Man competition, too. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, there is... 100, 175 pounds has become this, like, who gives a flying fuck about Gilberto Ramirez versus Uneski Gonzalez versus... Let's find the most... Not just, ah, Cuban opponent. Let's get the most boring one and the oldest. <laughs> right? Well, he, he may not be the oldest. There's no proof. We'll never be able to figure that one out. <laughs> so we, we cannot substantiate that allegation, but I've never been less interested in a division than 175 pounds. People are going to say that Marcus Brown can give uh, Artur Baturbiev a run for his money in this fight. Who, Vin, 
Who did you say that almost fucking took his soul? Uh, Marcus Browns? Not almost. He took it. Jean Pascal. You remember that? <laughs> not almost. He, he took, took it. it. He took it. He fucked him up. That's what I mean. It's like. You're going in against a killer? Dude, so you really think. But Terbiev's a killer. I, you know. What's that? Terbiev's a killer. I don't. I, I, you know, as much shit as we've talked about about being like a guy that who cares about when he gets in the ring because he seems to not give a shit about his legacy or the sport or whatever. This matchup is not good for Marcus Brown. Not, not at all. He's going to get stopped in this fight, Ken. He's going to get stopped bad. Yeah, yeah, he will because Baturbiev is a guy. If you see the style in which he fights, there, this isn't a style that requires him to be highly active to be effective. No, he's. He's as basic in a fighter as it comes. It's just he is so powerful. He is very smart in there. He's very basic. But guess what? He hits you everywhere equally as powerful from both hands. He can just fuck you up, you know? He's a solid boxer. He is a better boxer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting fourth-round knockout here then? Maybe even earlier. I'll go a little bit later, but yeah, it's, it's you know, it barely makes it to the second half of this fight if it does. Alright, who who else is fighting? Because I got ten minutes to fucking Redskins Cowboys. I need to get up there for the, for the rivalry game. Need to rub, rub on that thing a little bit before kickoff? <laughs> I need to rub one out so I can contain myself. Uh, I think that's it, man. I mean, we didn't talk about Donaire. But obviously, Donaire was Donaire last night. I mean, just a fucking textbook left hook to the body. Fucking thing of beauty, you know. And, and to see what he's doing at his age right now in this sport is is something special. And yes, yes, I do want a rematch of the 2019 fight of the year, Ken. I do want to see him fight in a way again. Do I think it? No, nah, I don't need to see that again. You know, you know do I, I think, don't need to see that. Do I think in a way won that fight? Sure, he won the fight. No, no doubt about it. There was no questioning that. But uh, I've yet to see anybody come even halfway close to testing in a way and busting him up and giving him a lifelong memory of a different looking eye <laughs> for the, you know, uh, there, there's that is that is it. That's the matchup at 118. I don't want to hear about Casimero who fucking pulled out of another fight again this week. The guy, look, the first time he's not with fucking uh, Memo Heredia. Oh, he has to pull out the week of the fight because why? Oh, he's sick. Or having a little trouble making weight there without those guru science, uh, whatever the fuck he, whatever concoctions he puts together. So I don't want to hear about Casimero, Donaire. If Donaire makes that fight or goes for that fight, because he's been talking about in a way for a while. He's also been moving kind of oddly in the division. So, you know, I, let's see what happens. I. I have some questions whether Nonito goes for that next. I would not be surprised to see a Casimero fight before then. Yeah, I'm down for the rematch. I think that it will be chewing in the brain of of Niowa in a way. No matter how indestructible we paint him as, he knows that that left hook is going to the, potentially break his face because it did before. So I, I, I think that that, has to weigh in in a way's mind inside the ring. I don't think it keeps him from taking. No, 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 no. The guy's a motherfucking Gojira. Yeah. Um, you know, but in the ring, that is still a great fight just because of the fact that I think Nonito is now settled back in at 118 pounds. I think he's living that life um better now and the ability to make 118 pounds. And I think that he knows 
that he can put one on in a way and maybe fucking hurt him and hurt him worse this time. Yeah. You know, I, I'd still favor in a way in that fight, 60-40. You know what I mean? But uh, as far as the action in the ring, oh, I'm motherfucker going to look like a 50-50 fight. So I'm down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. 2019 fight of the year. Let's get it. I'll just say it as we're leaving, though, man. Um, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm older now, but I can't watch boxing all day and then fucking expect to be awake. I mean, I'm in central time in the middle of the fucking country right now. And, dude, I, I just can't be up until fucking 1230 at night to watch Nonito versus Raymart. Like, I, I fell asleep and had to watch it this morning because it's like, dude, it's Sunday pay-per-views. Like, what are you guys doing? They're fucking Luis Ortiz. Look, this will be for another episode because we'll talk about it 2022, the year of Fox pay-per-views. Everything going on pay-per-view. Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios. Fucking Louis Ortiz versus I Walk to Earth Like a God. Thanos, Dark Side, Prince Charles Martin himself. I'm losing my mind. They are literally going to price us out of being able to do a show. They're like, hey, we keep putting this on pay-per-view. Maybe the boxing rant will stop talking that shit. Um, I, see, you, I, I, you I what, knew you, that was, the, there was something behind it. And you fucking right. That's exactly what it is. Uh, they're on to something because that would definitely do it. <laughs> For sure. But uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 340 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so anywhere audio podcasts are available. Catch the video on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and at theboxingrant.com. And while you're there on the website, pick you up some swag. Follow us on social media at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. I got to be honest, guys. I may have already said we'll be back next week. We might be back next week. And then again, we might be back in 2022. Let's see how the week goes. <laughs> um, because literally, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might just invest my time in getting ready for the uh, the pound for pound show and the end of the year award shows. Personally, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Let's uh, let's coast into 2022, Ken. <laughs> so to be continued. Uh, but we do appreciate that all of you that have listened um, in 2021 stuck with us through the pandemic, through us bouncing back and forth on platforms and this, that, and the other. Bottom line is, we looking out for number one. So the boxing rant going to be there as long as we here. And if we not here, we ain't here. Then we go. <laughs> <laughs> then it's over. Um, but in the meantime, if we don't see you until 2022, uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year from us both, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.